Hello, and welcome to FSP Talks, a podcast series brought to you by the Society of FSP and FSP Go. I'm David Mayola, CEO of FSP, and I'll be your host. FSP Talks brings together influential leaders in the financial services industry to discuss their careers, leadership, and their business. With us today is Joe Elfasser, CFP, and founder and president of Covisum. Joe uh, is, uh, developed Social Security timing in 2010 because as a practicing financial advisor, he couldn't find a Social Security tool that would help his clients make the best decision about when to elect their benefits. Inspired by the success of Social Security timing, Joe founded Covisum, a financial tech company focused on creating a shared vision throughout the financial planning process. Covisum powers some of the nation's largest financial planning institutions and serves more than 20,000 financial advisors with their tax clarity, smart risk, and insight tools. Based in Omaha, Nebraska, Joe co-authored Social Security Essentials, Smart Ways to Help Boost Your Retirement Income, and is a regular speaker at industry events and is frequently interviewed by trade and national media. Welcome, Joe. Thanks so much for having me, David. Pleasure. Uh, well, let's get started. First, I want to thank you and Covisum for your support of FSP uh, throughout the years, actually, through our Corporate Partners Program. Your webinars uh, are some of the most popular webinars we have every year, so, so thank you very much. It's, it's a lot of fun for us. It really is because the FSP membership, among all the organizations we work with, is one of the most engaged organizations uh, that we work with. So it, it really is a great, great group. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. Thank you. Well, let's, let's jump right in. We have a handful of questions here to ask, and we'll just kind of uh, keep it conversational and see where it goes. So um, let's start with uh, what are some of the most important decisions um, that you as a leader of your organization make uh, on a daily basis and also on a strategic basis um, looking long term? Sure. Well, my role with Covisum is really primarily vision setting. And, and what I mean by that is what does the long-term roadmap look like? Um, we're, we're really big believers that the people in the chairs know better about all the minutia of the business. In other words, what is the best way to handle this support issue, answer this question, develop this portion of a tool. But in terms of like the big picture and, and what is the direction of the company, what big problems in the marketplace are we going to try to tackle? That's my primary role. Um, and so it's really those decisions that are, uh, that are prioritization decisions. Which problems do we tackle first? I don't think there's any dearth of questions that our clients are going to have uh, you know, in, in our world, it's as they transition to and move through retirement. And it's really just a question of prioritizing which, which questions are most important to answer more effectively in which order. Yeah, those, those strategy setting um, questions that you have to ask about your business and your clients are always more difficult, too. I mean, you know, it's a little easier to say, well, what, you know, how are we going to get through today? You know, what, what's this week look like or what's this day look like? But when you're trying to predict uh, trends going forward, you know, and then and you get hit with a pandemic and, and all kinds of things can happen. So that's a that's a difficult uh, 
difficult place to be. Sure. Yeah, the uncertainty is the challenge, and that's the challenge. It's the challenge in business planning. It's the challenge in financial planning for clients. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the things that, um, as a leader of our organization, and uh, that I think about a lot is, um, you know, the culture and the employees, and uh, you know, what do we want this this organization or this business to feel like? How do you keep your employees motivated to, you know, get with your program, get with your vision, and, and move your business forward? You know, it all starts with hiring. It all starts with looking for people that share, you know, a, a common set of core values. And that's just so important. Like for us, core values aren't a thing that we go out and advertise. Um, they're not, you'll notice they're not in our marketing materials. They're, they're a thing that we use to identify people who are a good fit for the organization. I'll, I'll key on one. One of our core values is initiative and grit. And it's like that one is just so predictive of how successful someone will be in a smaller entrepreneurial company. Um, people that really have initiative and grit are such a great fit in our organization. And as a result, those kinds of people, when they come together, they also work to perpetuate and, and really create the next steps in, in our company culture. Um, so starting there, you know, core values is one of those things a lot of people, you know, come up with, stick on a wall and forget about. Um, for us, it's how we, you know, everything from hire, fire, promote, compensate. I mean, everything when it comes to people really comes down to core values. Yeah, yeah. When you say, when you talk about initiative and grit, that's, there are, there are you're right, there are these intangibles when you're hiring that, uh, may jump out at you from one person or another. And I don't want to put you on the spot about this, but it, is something, if you identify somebody that, to use your words, has the initiative and grit that you think would fit into your company, is that worth a certain amount of experience? In other words, would you be willing to take a chance on somebody perhaps that has that uh, intangible that you're looking for, but maybe doesn't have as much experience as somebody else? All day long because, <laughs> you know, you can have 10 years sitting in the same chair doing exactly the same thing or you can have 10 years of learning new things. And those are two very different people and they're both valuable in different parts of an organization. But in small entrepreneurial growing companies, um, I, I would much rather have a high balance of people that are always looking for a better way and always, you know, being proactive about, uh, about moving forward, both with their own uh, skill set and for the company. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I, I, I always feel like when you have people that are thinking of new ways to do things and challenging why you're doing something a certain way, it can only lead to quality improvement. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. Joe, what about yourself? How do you, uh, as a leader of the organization, of your company, how do you continue to grow and develop as a leader? You know, quite a few things there. You, for me, being involved with other people who are strong, um, who challenge me and think differently than me is really important. Um, 
and whether that's through organizations like FSP um, or other organizations, another organization that I'm a member of um, is called Entrepreneurs Organization. And what's neat about that group is it's all you know, entrepreneurial business owners, but from a broad spectrum of businesses. They're not all software-as-a-service companies. They're not all financial-related uh, companies. You've got manufacturers. You've got, uh, you know, every kind of service you can imagine represented. And so getting that diversity of opinion and perspective and being able to think through your lens on their challenges um, really kind of broadens how you think about your own challenges. And so that's mm-hmm. being involved with great people regardless of the context is probably the number one driver for, for me. I, and I like to read. <laughs> so I suppose that's probably the other one. Um, what about, uh, you know, good ideas often percolate up in a company. Sometimes they, they roll down from the top. How about in your, in, in Covisum, where do a lot of your ideas come from uh, on what direction the company should take? So for us, a lot of, we, we religiously think about the end client. So when we think about what is that long-term vision, which challenges, which questions are we going to address, it's when you think about you know, mom and pop who are on the edge of retirement or they're retired, and they're dealing with questions, and they wish their advisor would answer them better. Um, what are those questions, and how much value can we deliver by answering them better? That's, that's where we always start, because ultimately, if we build tools that way, then we're equipping the advisor to be the advisor that their client wants, and that's how we've thought about the business from day one. Um, now, when you think about all of the mechanics that go into a business. It's not just those big vision setting type things. It's all of the minutia that allows you to be effective. And those ideas come from everywhere. They come from you know, the support team, the customer success team. They come from the developers. They come from our advisor customers. All of those places are places that we you know, actively look for process improvement. Mm-hmm. What about uh, let's let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, you talked a lot about uh, leadership and culture in your organization. I assume that as a young company, a young entrepreneurial company, that Covisum uses social media and social networking and other technologies to to market the business and and help your clients. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how social media uh, has, and technology has impacted uh, Covisum? Sure. I mean, there's two sides of it. Number one, we're we're a tech company, right? So, you know, when we started roughly 10 years ago um, as social security timing, it was really just, hey, there's an opportunity to systematize the way this decision is made and to identify thousands of options and have the software identify the optimal one and return it to us rather than plug it in scenario by scenario, which if you really think about the evolution of financial planning software, we're still in that plug it in, see how it looks, do it again, do it again, iterate, iterate, iterate. As we move forward, all those things are going to be optimizations that are run by by computers. So that, that's the one aspect is this idea of uh, you know optimization, decision optimization through software. The, the idea of technology around social media is really it, it has changed how marketing, uh, 
how marketing happens, how marketing works. Marketing has gone from, or and even sales has gone from, you know, truly outbound to this combination of inbound and outbound as the most effective mix. Consumers now, they want to interact with you 10, 15 times before you really know each other. They want to have a good feel, and that's where all the social aspects, the content marketing, inbound marketing in general, has, has really changed every industry, not just ours, but it's definitely definitely happening in ours as well. Do you find that using those kinds of new marketing techniques in social media, are you attracting uh, a different demographic of clients, or do you think that kind of across the demographic spectrum, people are responding to that kind of marketing? I think it's really across the demographic spectrum. Um, you know, there used to be this myth that uh, um, older people didn't use uh, technology. And it's, you know, one of the, the most active segments of a variety of social networks, Facebook in particular, is older people. And so yeah. when, when we think about that, it's, it's, it's not going to miss anybody. Might be like yeah, radio I in the 40s. Right. No, I think you're. I think you make a good point. I, I have parents in the in their mid 80s, and you know, when email really started to be used back in the early 90s, I mean, you know, already that's 30 years ago. So, you know, people of my parents' generation were only in their early 50s at the time. So they, when they, you make a really good point. The older people are not excluded from technology because it's been around for long enough now that they are actually using it. So. That's an interesting, interesting point. Um, what do you think, uh, you know, all of these new challenges with uh, businesses spread out all over the country, you know, people can uh, connect virtually and we talked about social media and so forth. What do you think is one of the biggest challenges facing leaders such as yourself in a, in a business like Covisum? What do you think one of the biggest challenges facing leaders today is? I think this transition to, for companies who built a culture around space, around togetherness, I think this transition to remote culture um, is going to be a challenge. It's going to be a real challenge because there really is no substitute for in-person interaction. And if we look to some of the most successful companies uh, that have been remote for a long time, or, or were even founded remote. They really do work to create opportunities also for in-person interaction. And, you know, I'd like to think that, that this COVID thing's gonna be over uh, sooner rather than later, who knows, but ultimately it will be over and we'll go back to some version of, of normal. I think we'll have a lot more remote companies, but, but creating and fostering opportunities for in-person interaction um, is, is still going to be key. And I know that's something we're going to continue to do even as we transition to a fully remote culture uh, going forward. Yeah, we've, we've transitioned uh, since last spring just at FSP as a remote organization now. And what we've seen is some of our chapters are, are um, partnering with us to do remote programs that, you know, had that been suggested a year ago, may not have gotten the traction that it's getting today just because of the necessity of doing it. But I, I think you're right. There's probably going to be this mix of in-person and uh, remote uh, technological meetings going forward. Uh, what do you, uh, 
as far as you, not so much you personally, but Covisum in generally, what are the goals that you have for the company, um, say, over the next uh, three to five years? Where, where do you see the company going? You know, we've always, we've always had this big vision of, of creating a shared vision, if you will, between the client and the advisor. That's, that's what the Covisum means, it's shared vision. And this idea of being able to visualize a future with the decisions that it takes to get from here to there made in a way that is not just, doesn't just build confidence because it is pretty pictures. It builds confidence because it also is most likely to deliver outcomes. I think that is um, the thing that excites me most going forward is continuing to build out this stack of decision engines that don't just integrate. I think so many advisors have challenges with tools that integrate but don't really communicate. And so our point in building this vertically integrated stack, if you will, is has always been to make sure that the decision engines that we uh, that we put in the mix, the decisions that we address, that we don't end up creating conflicts. Um, you know, inevitably, ad advisors sit down with a, a client and they present a plan, and if they're sitting with Engineer Ed, Engineer Ed's going to find places where the softwares that we've historically cobbled together just can't be made to agree. And so we're going to see more and more fully integrated tools that don't sacrifice the detail of the decision engines in order to create this big picture. Uh, instead, start with those detailed decisions and ultimately reconcile the conflicts that are inevitable between them. I think that's where we really go from a technology perspective. And ultimately, it ends up being, uh, you know, being AI-driven to a large extent, uh, which is just really doggone exciting. So I see us continuing to pursue that vision indefinitely. Um, it's just a question of, of which additional challenges, client challenges, do we add to the stack? You know, you're leading right into my next question, which is the flip side of that coin is what do you think the biggest challenges uh, for Covisum will be in the next three to five years, or what are you most concerned about uh, over the next three to five years? You know, in terms of concerns, the concerns are always, to be frank, they're always the same. It's people. How do you develop, how do you create an environment where people want to develop themselves, where people want to push the envelope, envelope where people want to tackle the next challenge? And that changes over time as the environment changes. You know, for us, it's going to be in the next you know, one, two years, how do we take this fully remote culture and, you know, create really great high fives because you would actually see that in the office. You'd see, you know, little celebrations for something cool that someone just figured out or just got implemented or just handled a, you know, a client situation. And how do we create that virtually uh, with the same power? Yeah, interesting. What about looking back the other way, Joe? Is the company, is Covisum uh, where it is today, where you thought it would be a couple of years ago, or, or did it take a different direction, or, or is it uh, kind of developing as you expected? 
It's following the roadmap. You know, there are, there are plenty of times when, when, you're, when you're in the space, you're not sure whether it's the accelerator or the brake you should be pushing. Uh, and, and, and I can honestly say there are several times along the way I wish we'd pushed the accelerator a little faster. Um, you know, those, those are things that you, you only know in retrospect. Um, so in terms of where we sit today, I'm excited. I mean, I think we've got great opportunities ahead of us, and to the extent we can't change the past, that's probably about all the attention we we pay to it in our office. <laughs> yeah, no, I you have to look forward, right? Um, is, is there anything? Uh, is there is there one do over you wish you had uh, from the past couple of years? You know, if there's one do over, it is that accelerator. It's you know, with when we launched Tax Clarity in 2016, um, it it was one of those things that was a little before its time. Until we got tax reform in 2018, there weren't a lot of people paying attention. And and I wonder if we had poured a lot more effort into education campaigns as to why it was so important, um, if, if we couldn't have gotten a lot more traction sooner. Uh, that's probably the, the one thing that I look back and say, that was, a, that was a defining pivot point. That's the place where we went from being just Social Security timing, a single tool, to the beginning of a financial planning company that offers multiple decision engines. So that, mm-hmm. that might be the one thing that, uh, the one specific place I would have mashed on the gas a little more. Yeah, but you can't, you can't dwell on that, right? You have to look forward. But uh, let me, let me uh, ask you I have one more question, Joe, that uh, and this could be uh, related to Covisum or maybe it's just a personal uh, situation. But what do you think is the biggest risk you've ever taken? You know, for me, it, it would be starting the very first business I started, which was an email marketing business in 2004. I mean, it's called local e-marketing on the, on the premise that at that time we were, everybody was shooting these big, massive blast emails to everybody, and the idea was that you know, things would become hyper-local. Um, and so let's really get down into personalizing um, and bringing electronic marketing to a, to a local level. That was a huge risk only because I had really no idea of everything that was involved. But at the same time, it wasn't a huge risk at all because I had nothing to lose. You know, it was a, it was a beautiful time to be doing those kinds of things, um, and it was a great learning experience. I sold it for pennies compared to what I put into it, but... Um, but I couldn't have gone to a, I couldn't have gone to school to get that education. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opportunity in our industry, in the financial planning industry, for, uh, you know, for young people to come in with great mentors who are ready to be mentors right now. Um, you know, and, and and so many young people think, well, gosh, you know, I I got to get the right career right away, and it's not really true. Some of the most interesting people that I know have had multiple careers. Um, and so, you know, financial services, for the most part, isn't something that everybody dreams of graduating college and, 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 and getting into financial services. 
but it's, it's like this incredible launching point for a variety of other careers. And frankly, as this industry evolves into more and more and more of a profession, uh, something that FSP has always been on the vanguard uh, you know, of, of, of doing, you're going to find more people who just love this business, this yeah. industry. So I, Interesting. I'm excited for that. Great. Well, Joe, it's been a real pleasure. Um, with us today has been Joe Elsasser, CFP, founder and president of Covisum. And, uh, Joe, we really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today on FSP Talks. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me.